Hello everyone, this is Jacob Music, and you are listening to Voice of the Revolution Radio on SoundCloud or on podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about the latest in my life, as well as anti-MLM content. We have that, plus a discussion of the nature of consumerism. As far as the anti-MLM content goes, we have the benefits of an MLM, signs of my success, MLM coffee cured me, and examples of cult thinking in MLM rhetoric. So let's begin with a catch-up of my life. First, some good news as I sit here on my couch, snuggled in my French Bulldog wearing hat, winter hats blanket, so I'm very comfortable. Um, I have a job interview. Thank God. I've been unemployed for about a month and it's been hell. Mostly, not directly because of it, but because of... I'm sorry. I can't edit that out. Sorry, because I have a crow book. Um, mostly because of the effects of being unemployed. So what I mean by that is like my anxiety about being unemployed is pretty off the charts. And um, I'm a little paranoid when it comes to criticism I'm gonna get from my family because of the past. And so that really leads me astray. But the job that I have an interview for on Thursday, which I believe is two days from now, I think today's Tuesday, um, it's very easy to lose track of time and what day it is when you're going through a mental episode. So I think it's Tuesday but it's for an autism aid position, kind of like a grunt worker. It's very entry level, um, which is fine. I just need a job and I've been shown and demonstrated, contrary to what some people have said in the past, that I'm willing to do practically anything to make some money to support myself. So it's a phone interview and I hopefully, I just like I dazzle you guys here, I will impress them and be able to enter the world of work again and um, be able to make enough money, and then my hope is to have other aspirations in the future. Right now, I'm starting very modestly, and um, I want to start one step at a time. Hopefully this interview goes well. The only concern I have is if it would be a position where, like, I never thought I would work. Oh my god, sorry. It's because we're talking about my life, that's why. I never thought that I would work fast food or have to, but I did. And so I can overcome any other hurdles that come my way. And I also never thought I'd be able to do restaurant, and somehow I did. I knew I would be horrible at it, but still. My concern with this is in some entry-level positions of working with autistic people and people with learning disabilities is you have to toilet them. That's a concern of mine because I've never done that and it would be another like, it would basically be another step in the fall that I'm having, like this downward spiral that I'm having, another step to whack my head against. So, I mean, if it happens, it happens, but I need to find a job, so I can't dilly-dally around while waiting for a better job to come along. Is this still recording? It is. Okay. So that's my concern. And obviously if I'm wiping poop for a job, you'll hear about it on here. Um, 
I want to now talk about how my depression is doing. It's acting very strange, or let me say the experience of having it has been quite strange. Um, normally, um, it has periods where it's good, periods where it's not so good. Um, if you've been listening, you know the periods most recently have been not so good. Um, and that is what it is. But about a week ago, it all of a sudden, I noticed from one day to the next there was a modest improvement, which is very rare, like very rare. So I was very confused about that. I didn't know if it was something that was some sort of medication side effect or if I really was just improving. And since then, it's been a slow, not linear, but mostly steady day-to-day -day gets a little better. Some days they go worse, but not very much. Um, and I don't know necessarily what this is. I guess it's the medication regimen working because I'm only having therapy once a week. And yes, I'm using some strategies that I've learned in therapy, but there's not this improvement in terms of some, my life has gotten so much better. And it also doesn't have anything to do... Well, I, I'm not going to say that, but I, but it's it's not like it started when I got the job interview. Oh my god. Can you see how much this takes a toll on me? So, that's interesting. I am I am tentatively hopeful. Um, and then let me talk about the guy I'm dating. So, we didn't get to see each other last weekend. Um... He was hanging out with his friends, and so he didn't have, like, an extra day or whatever. I was really hoping that we could have gotten together so we could finally consummate our relationship. Because I'm really feeling that he's drifting away. I could be completely making this up. But the interest in each other is just lagging. And I'd like to have sex before we break up or stop seeing each other, if that happens. I mean, it seems like he's relaxed enough that it wouldn't matter, like he'll allow us to just keep seeing each other and that he's not going to care one way or another if we're not so interested. I mean, it's become very clear that he's not going to be somebody who I'm going to want to be in a relationship with, though I am very fond of him, don't get me wrong. I am very fond of him. I think he's really cool. I love spending time with him. It makes me happy. But I would love to have intercourse with him even more. And he's, his, his body is great, and he has a very nice penis, so I cannot wait to enjoy that. Um, but anyways, let's get to some topics today. Uh, okay, what's first? Oh, consumerism. The theory of consumerism. So I got this idea to talk about consumerism from this um, video from Toad Films. Public workers, what's your craziest customer interaction? This is a robo-vid, a robo but take a listen to this. I worked at a smoothie shop. I don't have many wild stories other than the fact this dude came back and complained about how the smoothie was too cold and proceeded to yell at another employee. So that right there just exemplifies for me something that is at the core of the experience of being a customer service worker, which is it sucks. And you know that if you've had one of these jobs and you've had probably had those jobs 
probably recently, because most people have. Most of the jobs that were created in the recession were of this type, they're service industry work jobs. Um, so that was our recovery, was built on those. So we have more and more things where you have to be in submission to not only your boss and the hierarchy, but in submission to the public. And then we have the ideology that's been perpetrated by businesses, both big and small, that the customer is always right. Factually, though this is wrong, as an ideology, it's very powerful. And I think that there are reasons why people have latched onto this so much. And I think this ideology has a direct correlation with why people behave so poorly in customer service interactions and in stores and in restaurants. Because they know that these companies believe and, or, and promote the fact that they believe the customer is always right and they abuse this. Now the company, the corporate executives don't have to deal with the front lines of this. And so they can just see, they're, well, they're pleasing more people, they can earn more money. It is the frontline staff, especially servers and managers, that have to deal with this. And it's up to a certain manager how much he wants to implement this ideology. And how much he implements the ideology is, in my opinion, very much correlative with the experience of being a server at that place. I think that consumerism, while it empowers people to make commercial decisions and decisions about where to allocate their money, decisions, it, makes them, it helps them feel empowered that they can get things, I don't think that's altogether very useful, frankly, uh, past a certain point. I think past a certain point of affluence, um, material things don't bring very much benefit. Now we know they do in like health metrics and other ways, but in terms of the quality of life, excluding health, I don't, and psychological, I don't know if they necessarily make your happiness better, but that's just my thought. But so many people in the proletariat, well, all of them, are disempowered to a certain extent. And they look for ways to empower themselves, whether it's my mind can control the world. If I think positively, everything good will happen. Or um, I'm going to do drugs so I can control my environment and my experience. Or take this example. I am going to go shop where I get to forget what's going on, forget when I ha how I have to clean my house or maybe clean other people's houses for money. I'm going to go in here, trash somebody else's work house and not give a damn about it and behave any way I want to with impunity. I get to go in there, throw away all the social norms I've ever been taught because I am the customer and I am always right. I have the money. And the corporation wants my money so bad that it's willing to sacrifice its workers to this. I mean, not that that takes very much greed, but... The customer first, the customer is always right ideology allows disempowered people to be entitled and to feel empowered. To treat workers terribly. To be disrespectful in somebody else's house because they think they can, they know they can get away with it. And so it's sanctioned for profit. 
So I feel like this example of, I'm going to return my smoothie because it's cold. I mean, obviously, that's an act of sadism. That is a flexing of power. That is a demonstration of, I can act with impunity here. I may have tons of student loans, no prospect for improvement at my job. I might be unemployed. I might have a terrible family life. I might have kids I don't want. But at the very least, I can come here and I can act how I want. And I can do it with impunity. It's a release for some people, and that's partially why people love shopping so much. Now, let's move on. We have an anti-MLM post. The benefits of my MLM. Here's what one lady considers the benefits of her MLM. This is where I have stayed all day. I feel like a semi-trailer has ran over my body and someone has banged my head with two pots. Although every bit of bright light makes my head throb, I am grateful that I can still continue to work while lying in bed. I have to keep it to short intervals as my head is just throbbing, and it brings tears to my eyes. Worst timing ever with our new products being launched, but I'm grateful I don't have to ring in sick or worry about any of that. How is working while you're sick a benefit? I'd rather have the ability to call out sick and get like sick time, but Hey, that's just me. Yeah, obviously, if anything, this is a rollback of the entire concept of benefits. Um, you'll see this advertised in people trying to recruit for MLMs. They'll say, you can work from your home. You don't have to miss work when you're sick. Well, that means that you're actually working when you're sick. How exactly is that a benefit? How exactly is that indicative of something that is a good deal for you? It's not. Your normal 9 to 5 completely beats an MLM in that sense. Because what happens if you don't work when you're sick? I mean, you're not making money anyways. What does that mean? You're just going to lose more money? Yeah, that's not a benefit. Here's the signs of her success. The title of the post is, My tenant is hosting a board... I should say this is a different story. This one's Amway. ...plan meeting for Amway in my house. I have a young lady. Let's call her Beth to whom I'm renting a room in my home. She asked me the other day if she can host a meeting in my living room. Turns out it's a board plan meeting. She's an IBO for Amway. So is her son, who also lives here. And they're trying to recruit the college student who lives in my basement, too. So Beth spends all day decorating the Christmas tree that I just put up and had expressed a desire to decorate later this weekend. She has rearranged all the furniture in my living room. She has even commanded the student living in the basement to clean up. I politely told her that wasn't her place, and that her meeting participants have absolutely no reason to go down there in the first place. Beth is, to be blunt, a bossy and pushy person by nature, and seems to want to put on airs that this house, which isn't even hers, is some kind of sign of her success. So this is endemic in this kind of... MLM cult mentality and actually you can see it in other cults as well They will want to show off like in Scientology. I recently was reading a book that I finished a memoir a Scientology memoir and The reason that celebrities in that system are so important to Scientology is that they are evidence of how successful one can be in Scientology 
they connect the fact that they are famous and rich with the fact that they are in Scientology. That's at a very large scale in the cult system. This is at a more small scale. She wants to show by being in Amway that she is, has this clean house. She's able to, I don't know, have time to just clean her house and she has this Christmas tree and none of it's actually hers. I mean, it's just this putting on of airs, but it's not a traditional way, which would be more to just impress people or to maybe get a mate. This is a very, this is one that's very indicative of the capitalist epoch, the late capitalist epoch, which is I'm going to frantically try to put on airs so that you think I'm a success. So you join my corporate pyramid scheme. This is to the next level. Thus, she has taken it upon herself to portray it as such, that she and her son share a car that is about to be repossessed, that she doesn't own a bed and sleeps on my couch, and that she persists in buying only organic food and have an Amazon package sent to the house every other day seems relevant. The cognitive dissonance is staggering. Of course, Beth is encouraging me to come downstairs and meet everyone involved in this meeting. I've made the excuse that I have some work to get done, which is true. In the past, when Beth has brought up Amway, I've smiled and nodded and said something non-committal like, well, good luck with that, and told her that I have other areas of my life on which I'd like to focus when asked if I wish to know more about Amway or get involved. I'm trying to toe the fine line between being polite and firm, but I know eventually I'll need to be more direct. No need to respond as I'm not really asking for any advice or guidance, I suppose. Just needed to vent. Shame on Amway for taking gullible, directionless dreamers and exploiting some of their most noticeable personality traits. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a story that is interesting. Amway takes a certain kind of person, um, a certain kind of very abstract dreamer type. I love that he used that. And take their dreams and twist them for the corporation's own benefit. Um, honestly, the stupidest people I know have fallen for Amway. And that's, I'm not trying to be mean, I'm just trying to be real. Like, people who've habitually fallen for other scams have been the people who fall for Amway. So, do with that what you will. And now, Keto Coffee! I had knee pain on my right side. Actually, I figured out how bad one day after I bought a brand new bike three years ago after I rode it. I got... So, there's a lot of hubbub about keto coffee or happy coffee. And I'm not... I did not actually do any research to look at the ingredients of keto coffee, but I have heard that the ketogenic diet and coffee are actually compatible already. So, keto coffee is just coffee. 